Hi, I'm Kiki. And I'm Kemi. And you're listening to Your Advisors Will See You Now, a podcast that will help you to figure out all of your options for life after high school. Hey, everyone. So this week, we are going to talk about everybody's favorite topic. Sing, Kemi. Sing it, Kemi. (laughs) Money, 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 money. Money. We're going to talk about money this week. And the reason why we're going to talk about money this week, specifically with higher education, is because it's it's pretty expensive, especially if you live in the United States. We're actually Mm going to do a relevant ramble topic about this, too, talking about the different amounts of debt in different countries that students average out into after they graduate. But today we're going to talk a little bit about ways for you to pay for college. And I think the first thing that I'll mention, and we say it several times before throughout our podcast, is making sure that you're looking at your degree as an investment, right? So think the bigger picture. Don't just think, okay, after I get my degree in college, I'm going to automatically get my career and make money. Yes, that's, that's, you know, that's the intent there. Yes. But think deeper and think in terms of, okay, if I want to have this specific career, what's the salary going to look like when I graduate from college? And what's, am I going to be able to pay off my debt? Uh, How quickly will I be able to pay off my college debt, my loans, or any kind of um, the interest rates or what, is my lifestyle going to look like after I graduate college? Am I going to automatically live in an apartment? Where am I going to be living? So those are kind of things that you need to consider and factor in together when it comes to the big picture of your finances for college and after college in your career. Uh, So I guess another better example to say this would be, for example, if you wanted to become a pre-K teacher, Right. So if you wanted to become a pre-K teacher, you if you look at the salary, it's you you probably realistically not want to go to a school that is a a six figure price tag. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you have to analyze your investment to see what it's going to what it's going to look like for you, because you don't want to go to a school that's so expensive that after you graduate, you're paying all your student loans back and you're not making a living for yourself. You know what I mean? So those are ways that you have to be careful about planning for your future. And with that, money plays a big factor. So let's jump into it. So Kiki, you want to lead us in one way that students can pay for trade school, pay for college, lead us in. Sure. So to, to preface, we're kind of like jumping into the, the like main method of getting these different funding is through your FAFSA. So I think we've, we've mentioned FAFSA before, which is a free application for federal student aid. Most schools that you go to, I believe the same thing for trade schools, but most schools, um, trade schools, community colleges, four-year schools would like, well, it's, it's important that you apply for the FAFSA. Because again, it's, it's a free application. Um, but the first thing we'll talk about, like funding you can get through applying for the FAFSA is through grants. Um, so grants are a form of financial aid that you don't have to pay back. It's basically free money. Um, so the most popular one that I know of is the Pell Grant. Yes. When you apply for financial aid, depending on your estimated family contribution, 
which if you don't know these terms, we're not going to dive deep into them, but I would definitely say look them up. And we'll link we'll link the studentaid.gov in the show notes because that's where we're getting a lot of our information from today. But Pell Grant is, again, based on your EFC, um, your estimated family contribution. It's money you don't have to pay back. That's through federal funding. Your states, a lot of, a lot of states also have like their own types of grants. Um, but just know it's money you don't have to pay back at any point. It's free. So that's a huge part of why we say apply for the FAFSA. Because even if you think you're not eligible or if you don't know, you just don't know until you apply. Because you might get the maximum aid from a grant. You might get the maximum funding from a grant, I should say. You might get in the middle. You might get a little bit. Any money towards your education is important. So that's the first one that we'll mention is grants. And I kind of, well, Kemi said something too. Um, you just use a, I know, I know it was a random example about being a pre-K teacher but a lot of community college may a lot of community colleges may offer an early, a degree in early childhood education, an associate's degree. That degree could possibly transfer to a four year school for you for you to get a bachelor's degree. And I know they have this. Um, it's called the Teach Grant. It's called the Teach Grant, which is the teacher education assistance for a college in higher education. You never know. Like you could get your community college. We know is less expensive. You could get that covered or whatever paid for through types of grants, scholarships, other funding, that teach grant could hope could possibly take you into a four-year degree and help you cover that as well. So I know that was a random example that Kimmy that you used, but that was a good example because there are some programs that you can transfer to a four-year school from a community college. You just don't ever know what type of money is out there to pay for that higher education. Mm-hmm. So that was a ramble, but that's the first one that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And then in going along with the financial aid, so another part of the financial aid is the loan portion. So after you complete your financial aid, you'll be able to see how much how much um, amount there's a certain amount of loans that you can get from the government. And essentially what a loan is, it's a loan. They're going to loan you the money in order for you to pay for your program. They're not going to pay for the whole entire thing they're going to pay for a portion. So for example, the federal loans are broken into four different kinds of loans. So let me pull up my list here. So one is called the direct subsidized loan. And these loans are made eligible to undergraduate students who demonstrate financial need to help cover the costs of higher education at a college or career school. So when you're filling out your financial aid, your FAFSA, there's a lot of like income information that you and your family are going to sit down and plug in. And that's how they uh, tally how much you're going to be eligible for that loan. Um, so that's the directed subsidized loan. The other loan is the direct unsubsidized loan. And these loans are made for eligible undergraduate or graduate students, professional students that are not based on financial financial need. So these are for students that if they let's say they they could pay for a fair amount of their degree out of pocket but they still want are trying to maybe pay for other expenses such as living expenses and they still need some kind of loan to cover the rest of their tuition payment they can see how much money they can get for the unsubsidized loan there is also the direct plus loan these are made to graduate or professional students and parents of dependent undergraduate students to help pay for education expenses not covered by other financial aid uh, this one is not based on financial need financial need either and um, but a credit check is required for it so this one has an extra step to it 
And then the fourth kind of federal loan that there is is the direct consolidation loan. And this allows you to combine all of your eligible federal student loans into a single loan with a single loan servicer. So before I even jump into what a loan servicer is, I pe- students, students, uh, parents will get this. Students need to understand this. <laughs> <laughs> when you're loaning the money, you have to pay that money back. And mm-hmm. um, so there's this beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, ugly thing called interest, right? So let's say you have a friend. I'm going to put it down real, real simple. Let's say you have a friend like, hey, let me borrow a dollar. Like, absolutely, Mike, I'll let you borrow a dollar. But guess what? You need to pay me back my dollar. For every day that you don't pay me back my dollar, you have to add a quarter on top of that. So let's say Mike hasn't seen me for four days. He finally is like, oh, I have your dollar. I'm like, oh, well, it's $2 now, dude. It's been four days. So the longer you do not pay your loans back, there's a certain percentage of interest that you have to pay on top of that. So maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I just need to pay back $3,000. If you don't pay that back within a certain amount of time, that $3,000 can snowball to $10,000, $15,000, a whole lot of thousand. Okay. (laughs) So I know some people look at loans as an easy way to get into college. Yes, it's a way to help, but you have to think smartly and wisely about that and how to go about that. So if you're able to pay maybe a certain amount of expenses out of pocket, do so while you're in school versus just saying, I'm just going to throw it all out and just take a whole loan out. Don't think that way. You don't want to uh, think you're saving yourself now, but you're going to beat yourself up later on. So think wisely when doing that. Mm -hmm. And diving into the loan servicer, servicer. So you're probably like, okay, well, if I can get these loans, where am I? Who's like giving me the loan? Am I dialing like a number to the government? You know what I mean? So <laughs> call <laughs> like, the White House. Yeah, I'm calling the White House. <laughs> like, so in order for you to get your loan, there are different loan servicers. And these are organizations that essentially divvy out the loans. For all my old school people on here, Sally Mae, <laughs> The one that you're always ducking and dodging, that's the one. <laughs> but there's so many different names now. There's um, there's Navient, there's Fed Loan Servicing, mm-hmm. Moila, Nelnet. There's several, there's a bunch of different kinds of, <laughs> that was my dog. There's tons of different kinds of servicers that will, that will um, manage your loan for you and that you'll work with in paying that loan back. And Another thing about the loans too is like you'll get you'll lo- they'll loan you the loan and then you'll have a certain grace period after you graduate. I think it's mm-hmm. about six months, I believe. Keith. It's six months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so six months in that grace period where after you graduate you don't have to pay anything. I would say start paying, start yeah. as soon as you can, start paying back. But after that six months, you have to start making payments and like that interest starts occurring. I believe the interest also does start occurring in that grace period. If I'm incorrect, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Not sure. But, I mean, it's not it would, it's, it's not wild if it does, though. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But that's just something to remember when you're going into the loans. There is also going to be the interest to pay back in addition to that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed about loans. Oh, so those are federal loans. So you can also get private loans. Uh, so private loans. So, for example, for the... I don't want to get too, too technical, but for like the direct subsidized loans, I think the amount, the max amount of money you can get from that would be $12,500, right? And that's in a year. So let's say you have to pay $20,000 to your institute uh, for a whole year, but you're only going to get $12,000 of, of student loans from the government. 
you're going to be thinking, okay, if you can't pay for the rest of that, where am I going to get the rest of that money from? That's still a large chunk of money. Uh, what some people will also do is they'll take out private loans. So you can get private loans from the bank. So these are big things for you to sit down and talk to your family about, for you to sit down and budget and realize how much needs to be paid and also understand if there's how much you can pay out of pocket. So maybe you're like, okay, well, realistically, I can only pay $5,000 out of pocket per year for my college on tuition alone, not including room, board, books, da, da, da. keep that as your main budget. And then kind of determine how many loans you need to kind of divvy out to pay for the rest of your schooling. And then factor in the interest for the rest of the loans. Then look at your career. What are you, what are you majoring in? Are you going to make that those big bucks? <laughs> you know what I mean? To, is it going to really equate to, to you taking out these loans? So really sit down and look at the bigger picture here and determine, okay, well, if this college, this college's tuition is really too expensive, I may have to look at another college where their their credits are more affordable and it's more digestible, more livable, and I won't be in such a crazy amount of debt after graduating. Mm -hmm. So those are how you can weigh your options of where I should go to school as well. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll mention too, on the loans, when you apply for your, when you submit your FAFSA, you get a student aid report. It's called a SAR report. It's literally just laying out what you are eligible for. So we've talked about loans and what you can do with them, how they work, but you don't have to take out a loan if you don't need the, if you, if you can't afford the loan down the line, then no one's requiring you to take the loan out. Just keep that in mind. Yes. Um, Cause I remember, I remember like leaving college, like before I graduated, probably weeks before you have to go through an exit interview with the, like the bursar's office, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. But you have to sit down with them and like, you're basically, cause a, a loan, this loan is a, a legal contract. So you have to sit down and tell them like, you're, you're basically signing that you're gonna, you're honoring this legal contract. And I didn't really ask questions. I didn't, I didn't know. Even looking back to like when I applied to college, my mom and I didn't know. We were just like, oh, fast forward. We're like, oh, money. Right. We, like, we knew like surface level, but I didn't think about like what was going to happen four years later when I graduated. Like, oh, I like I wasn't like everything can be mentioned. I didn't take that. I didn't think about like what I'm going to make after college or I didn't think about what I need to be putting away to make sure that I have the money to pay these loans. So I literally sat in the interview, the exit interview, and I was just like, okay, sure. I didn't ask any questions. I didn't understand what I was doing because you're, you're sitting there by yourself. Like your parents are not there with you. Like your guardian, whoever is there, it's you. And the, whoever's the person that is sitting there taking your signature. So if you have questions, ask them, like ask them, what, what does this mean? If you literally don't know, you don't, if you just don't know anything, just like, what am I doing here? Cause you get an email about it. Like I knew to go to the, the appointment. Um, so that's why we're definitely, you know, we we're encouraging you to, research this stuff but like yeah. really sit down with your family sit down by yourself so you understand the obligation of taking out a loan because it really it really is it can be really overwhelming because like right now we're in like we haven't had to pay loans in the last like year or so because of uh -huh. the pandemic the government's kind of let us def has deferred those so it's like, oh, it's great right now. Mm -hmm. It's been I a know, blessing I, that there wasn't any interest. That was a blessing. Right. It's been a blessing. But I could have been paying that like something. Right. I haven't touched. I haven't even like talked to Fed Loan Servicing. 
but they're emailing me now. But you know, it's just it's just like Kimmy said, like even in that grace period, paying if it's twenty dollars, it's it's something. Yes. Um, or if you have a savings you can set aside, you know, we just want you to think about the impact that this has because it really it can be overwhelming. Like, thank God mine are my payments are not like crazy because there are also different types of different types of payment plans. Right. Um, but I've heard some people are paying like five hundred dollars a month for a loan that's really that's ridiculous so you really you this really is an investment it's something you want to understand fully before you accept it right if you don't need it then don't take it right and i think too as you were growing up like when you're younger you're kind of your hands aren't really necessarily dealt hands deep into like the finances and like in a household you know what i mean unless your parents really sit you down and talk to you about budgeting and understanding finances, financial freedom. You know what I mean? I was just talking to like two of my friends about that the other day. And we were even just kind of blown, blown back of like, man, why weren't we even taught in high school? Like these kind of important things that we were going to need to understand when we're in high school to start making these financial decisions now and put them into practice and understand them now. So that way we're not later on in life. Like, oh man, I wish I could have, should have, would have, you know what I mean? So I would definitely encourage parents to to talk to talk to your children about it. And I don't think it's ever too early for them to kind of have a better understanding of their finances to to make a difference for their future. I love higher education because I think that education is power, but unfortunately it's it's not free, you know? So you have to think wisely about how to how to go about achieving it. And there is a way to do it. You just have to put extra time into making a good plan to see what will work for you and um, in order to achieve that dream. So that's why I think I'm really passionate about higher education. I'm very passionate about financial freedom, people getting out of debt, uh, and just like making life change for their families. So yes, sometimes finance, finances and stuff like this can be boring, but it's, it's important stuff. It's really important stuff. Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I mean, Kemi, is, she is right. If you're listening, if you heard nothing else, like, please hear that. <laughs> this, if I, if I could just, and I think this is like really cliche. If I, if I could go back to being a just high school senior and just, just sitting down and understanding like what college means, what life after college, what being in college means, what life after college means, um, looking at degrees that are going to actually help me, you know, it helped me like to be, I feel like I feel like I've done like well. I'm happy with where like what I've learned, what I've accomplished along the way. But a livable and we work in education, so we knew what we were getting into when we right signed up for these jobs. And I think if like when you when you get into education, you're not you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it because you really have a passion for working with like helping others to get to their goals as well. Yeah. But I mean, schools unless you're in like a higher leadership role, you're not going to be making that much. Um, and this wasn't, this wasn't my goal at the time. I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for the opportunity, but yeah, you have to think about like what you're going to be making in life at some point, you know, like lay out your three job options or like your three jobs. And maybe your dream job is to be in education, understand what that means. So Kemi's on her, Kemi's on a soapbox and that, it's a, it's the best soapbox that you will hear when you listen to this, to this podcast and I'm sure there's people who are our age and are like, man, I wish I would have done that. But yeah. I mean, it's never too late to learn 
something, it's never too late to start like just making an impact um, in your finances. I'll, I'll say it that way too. So, yeah. And then just kind of think fast forward even after college. So what do you see yourself? I know they always say that cliche. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't know. I don't <laughs> me, me still, I don't know. But I do know that I would love to vacation in my future. And I, I know I would like to be like out of debt. I know I, you know, there's, there's definitely certain financial goals that I have in my future. And that I think a lot of people, that common people want is like, you know, they want to feel comfortable with the money they're making. They don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. And those are things to consider in the future of, of their decision-making for going to school or even just how you're spending your money. So even when I used to work at um, the technical college I used to work at, it was for automotive. Some of these kids were getting paid pretty well going right into the industry. And one professor would always say, he was like, never park your paycheck in your, um, in your garage. Meaning if you're making good money, don't be, don't spend like drop like a bunch of money on a brand spanking new car Mm-hmm. in your garage because that's not going mm-hmm. to earn you money in the future mm-hmm. that if you if you're going to ever go and return that car or resell it it's going to be for a lesser value so why are you wasting all that money that money's not working for you you know it's great to be flashy it's great to look like you know i'm a hottie i'm a baddie but that money <laughs> <laughs> that money is some of that's going down the drain so make wise decisions you don't have to have this whole bells whistle, I look like a rap star thing. No, you can have a decent car that's gonna take you from point A to point B that looks that looks decent and you know is not is um not gonna burn a hole in your pocket. You know, put your money where it's it's wiser. Put it in um we'll talk a little further into like IRAs and stuff like that, but make more sound decisions with your money and don't just spend it frivolously. Yes, treat yourself once in a while. Treat yourself. Yes, but don't treat yourself every day. Treat yourself. <laughs> right. It, it gets so easy to want to treat yourself every day because you have a bad day. You're like, you know, I need to treat myself today. But you treat yourself every day, you're going to get broke. So, mm-hmm. But it's just just wisdom and your money. And you can make your money work for you and, and live comfortably. Exactly. Yeah. So the next, the next thing that you can... So if you apply for financial aid... Something else that you're eligible for is federal work study. Um, I definitely know. I well, maybe I just had one. I had it every year though. So federal work study is based on financial need. So these are reasons why you definitely want to apply for the FAFSA because you don't know if well, you may know that you yet you're in need, but the government doesn't know you're in need until you submit your FAFSA and they see your finances. But federal work study provides part-time jobs for undergraduate and graduate students with financial need allowing them to earn money to help pay education expenses. I'm going to say that last part again, allowing them to earn money to help pay education expenses because your girl over here, this is Kiki talking, did not, (laughs) (laughs) did not use her work study money for financial need. I'll just say, don't be like me financially. I have just been, (laughs) I am, I am not the example of financial freedom yet. Yet. God's still working on me, but yet. I mean, yeah, anything that you're getting money for, like from like from the government, if you get refund checks, it's supposed to be used for your education because um, you, your refund checks can be can be big. And if you, if you use it for your rent, that's great. You need to sleep somewhere. If you use it for your books, that's amazing. If you're using it, like Kimmy said, to get a car, um, maybe you need to commute. That could be one thing. But if, you, if you're trying to stunt or you're using it to go eat dinner off campus every week or every day that's not a 
great use of your fun your funds but yeah federal work study because you honestly you're, it's hourly if you're undergraduate it's your if you're you know in your um four years of undergraduate that is hourly so you're not really even making that much i think i'm started with like seven something seven dollars and something cents maybe it increased to nine dollars i don't remember what it was at that time but you're not getting that much money, honestly. So if you can right. use it wisely, if you need if you need to um, go off campus for something, if you need to go to a doctor's appointment, or if you need to buy your books or pay for some kind of trip, I mean, it should really, you know yourself individually, you know what you need. Um, so you really have to take that time to sit down, look at your money, what you're earning, look at your needs. The good thing about going to a four-year school if you're living on campus is a lot of that need is met. Although a lot of the way it's met is through what we're talking about today is through loans or scholarships or grants. But on the front end, you don't have to, you don't usually have to worry about paying your housing or paying for your meals. Um, so if it's whatever you need as a student, just being mindful of that. So federal work study jobs, I worked in like our multicultural center. So it could be working in your student, your student services offices. I worked in a leadership office. Um, you maybe work in, the cashiering or the bursar, basically any kind of admin jobs that a student can maintain, but you can work while you're, you can study while you're at work. That's why it's called work study. Cause they want you to also be maintaining your grades. Mm -hmm. Cause if we didn't mention it, financial aid is based on you being in good standing. So if your grades are suffering, then your aid can be in jeopardy. Just keep that in mind. But you definitely want to use your work study time to be doing homework. You do have to find the jobs on your own. So even if you're eligible for work study, you're not going to get a job automatically. You have to go, you know, whether it's to your school's employment website, whether you're going from office to office asking, are you hiring? You have to do that part on your own. So just keep that in the back of your head, too, as you're looking for something I wanted to mention something else as well, but it escaped me. But work study, if you're eligible for it, it's a great opportunity to make extra money. Um, if your school is eligible, if your school participates in federal work study and if the funding is available, because also know that financial aid is typically on a first come first serve basis. Yeah. And then also in addition to that too, if you can't find a job on campus, then look for a job off campus. I, mm -hmm. did, I don't know why that, like, I was always looking for a job on campus and I was blessed to find one. But you, if there's something that's close to school, close to your dorm, even look off campus to see if you can get a job that way. Any little bit helps, any little bit counts. So definitely look for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like that's that's great. I mean, work study, work study doesn't, work, doesn't work for off campus, but if you have time to work on campus during the week, it may be on the weekends, you want to get an off-campus job. And work a couple of hours, whatever works yeah. for you. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. If you're an international student, though, um, mm -hmm. per visa requirements, it would have to be like a work study on campus. I think you would only be eligible to work off campus if you have an internship that's tied to your degree. Not going to deep dive into that because that has a lot of if, ands, but, then, this, but, what year. Not going to go there. But mostly <laughs> you'll have to stick to on campus. So just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then another way to pay for your schooling, as we've talked about plenty of times, is scholarships. So just get out there. I know it may be like another 
painful task. You're like, I, if you're like me, I'm like, oh my goodness, it takes me forever to write an essay. Just do it and just keep on going. Just keep applying. And don't think that just one scholarship is going to satisfy everything. I had like my little, my little scholarship, I think it was like 2000, 3000. I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. And then I was like, uh, I should have kept going. <laughs> I was like, well, what did that pay for? Like a meal plan for a semester? What was that? Probably. That? But definitely keep going. There's free money out there. Keep searching, uh, keep pushing and doing that research to find if someone, um, to find if there is, a kind of niche scholarship. Look for the niche scholarships too. Definitely look for those too. Cause I think like a lot of general scholarships are on the forefront, like on fast web and all the other stuff, but kind of look for things that cater to maybe your demographic, to your interest for your degree and look that way and start applying for those. Because if you can get a lot of scholarships, then, then what's that term? Uh, the world is your oyster. Is that mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yes. the, then the world <laughs> is your oyster. You can, if you have all that money, you, you, the decision is the decision making is in your hands because you're like, oh, I have this money that I can spend X amount of this money. I'm going to go to this college or I'm going to go here. I can do this. This is the, the free money that I have. So do it that way. And also keep in mind that too, some scholarships as well will have a academic component portion to it. So I know like for my school, if you get a scholarship through our university, you have to maintain a certain kind of GPA. Mm-hmm. If you have like an external scholarship from an organization, they might request the same exact thing where you send them your transcripts. So make sure you're not just like, I made this money. Then you're in school and you're like, well, I'm just going to party. No, you got to you gotta get that grade still so you can maintain it and use it for the rest of your school, um, your academic uh, semesters, or they can pull it from you. So you don't want to be in that situation either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True that. The next one I'll mention is if you are a military family, if you're a veteran, if you are currently serving, there are absolutely education benefits for you all. We mentioned it in our episode about military as an alternative to college with Warren. And I think he talked about a little bit like how his service in the military um, helps him pay for college as well. Yes. So yeah, you don't have to, if you're, if your parent was in the military, you can also utilize their benefits. There's definitely tuition assistance. There is the post 9-11 GI bill. There's a lot. You definitely want to make sure you go to your, your colleges. Most colleges have like a, a military families and veterans center or financial aid knows what that is. So absolutely. If you, are dependent of a military or of a veteran or a currently serving or active duty member, or you are an ROTC or anything pertaining to the military, you definitely want to use that because that's a good chunk of your education can be, can be covered. Mm -hmm. And then another way to kind of save towards paying for college is parents. You can take out something called a 529 plan and I'm not going to, go into depth about this, but you can kind of research this on your own. But long story short, it's a way that you can take out money each month and then it kind of gets pushed to the side and then it's put into a portfolio. And then over the years and um, over the years, it kind of builds on the money. You can use it for, for college and you have to also look into your research for different five, five twenty nine plans. There's one that you can apply for in your state or you can apply. I was reading somewhere in different other states, but there's different uh, benefits for each one. And so you're going to see whatever one fits you the best. 
And there's even some where you can actually pay for expenses uh, in in secondary school as well. So if you if you let's say your your child goes to like a expensive private school or, or whatnot, and you had this this plan taken out since they were young, and you have X amount of money in it, you could take some of that money out and put it towards those expenses as well. So you have to do your research on what kind of specific plan that you like in the benefits, but that is one way for you to save for your child to go to college. So can we get me, can we just reminded me off of a, um, or just off of 529 plans. If you're, I know this is going to sound terrible to a lot of students, but if your parent works at a community college or a four-year college, if they work at a college, there are benefits for, dependents or members of the family. And I say, I know, I know you don't want to go to school while your parent works, but if it, if it saves you money, you better you go. might want to consider, yeah, <laughs> you might want to consider this. Even if it's, you, you know, a community college, you go for two years, you can go, you know, flourish at a four year school, you've, but you've saved a lot of money at the community college. So definitely look into, well, parents um, look, you know, talk to your HR departments. You can even go through, I know our college, you can look at the benefits at, are offered you can it's, it's it's always available to you but look into that if it's you know if it makes sense if it's, it it does make sense but if it's something that everyone can come to a, a to an agreement about you know your student maybe just spending a year or some time at this college to save on educational or these costs of education please look into it because it's it's out there and it can be helpful yeah i'm not even gonna lie to you either that was definitely a bonus part about me getting a job in higher education I was like oh my goodness yeah if I work in higher education whenever I have a child and um, most more often than not there's some kind of discount or even free tuition if your child goes goes there so I thought that was amazing I was like that's an amazing perk so Mm -hmm. that was definitely on on a bonus a bonus for working in higher ed and just like you said too Kiki like I mean, read through the policies for what your company has. But even if they went there for like a year or two and transferred somewhere else, and if that and if that's okay, you could save some money. I don't know, but look at your policy. Mm-hmm. But if it's a way to save money. That's a way to go. And then going back, we always mention this too. A good way to save money is if you want to com- get your your generals completed at a community college and then transfer to like a public institution. That saves so much money. It's not even funny. It's like um, <laughs> it's like you go to the grocery store and you see flour and there's the great value flour, <laughs> which is a dollar fifty, and then you see the other name brand flour, which is like five twenty five. It's the same flour, gets the same job done. Get that great value, then transfer it to the college. <laughs> <laughs> Save some money. That's smart. So that's why I'm where I am now because I'm going for the one that I'm like great value. No, I'm going for the the name brand. Which Kimmy's right. Like the na- name brand is not not always have to you know be a thing. Maybe you want to go to Chapel Hill. I don't know. Maybe you know, but you can start a community college first. You can still. Kimmy's absolutely right. A community college, it it will. It's literally a great value. Like it's not it's not an off brand. It's a great value. You're getting great education. So. She's totally right. That's that's a word too, just for life. Like, just because it's not name brand doesn't mean it doesn't do the same thing. We're gonna mention this in our, in our relevant ramble too. Stay tuned for that, everybody, about mm-hmm. budgeting while you're in college. Yeah, but I think we covered mm-hmm. most of our topics for this one. This is our first episode into the money, money, money series. So stay tuned for a lot of 
advice, tips on uh, financial freedom, on how to think wisely about your money and going to a particular college or trade school or whatever have you. So stay tuned for this, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to the latest episode of Your Advisors. We'll see you now. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media pages and check out our website. Take a look at the show notes below. And please make sure to subscribe and share this podcast. Also, show us some love and please leave a five-star review. Catch you next time. See ya.